0: The Seahawks will continue their preseason slate with the Bears coming to Lumen Field on Thursday night. Which players and storylines should you be watching closely in the second exhibition game? Rob Rang and I are going to be diving in in our latest installment of Locked On Seahawks. You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings 12, this is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked on Seahawks, joining me for an early morning Thursday pregame show, my co-host in crime, Rob Rank. Thanks to all the 12s for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. As we get closer to the regular season, going to start having a little bit of a formula for these pregame shows. Won't be doing our matchup Wednesday like we do during the regular season, but going to check out some players to watch. In tonight's preseason game between the Seahawks and Bears, as well as some key storylines and some injury updates, jam-packed episode coming your way as we gear up for the second preseason contest. Now for your lead story here on Locked on Seahawks, the Seahawks will be taking on the Chicago Bears at Lumen Field tonight, their second preseason game, the only home preseason game that they have, with there just being three preseason games now under the new CBA. And they'll be missing some key players, but... Before we get to the players that are going to be sidelined, we do have a couple players that will suit up tonight, according to Pete Carroll. And they were out recently with injuries. So some good injury news for the Seahawks heading into this game. As far as who's in, Rob, Sidney Jones did return to practice a few days ago with a concussion. And so that's good news for Seattle's secondary. I would anticipate he's going to get at least a handful of snaps tonight especially with Artie Burns still coming back from a groin injury. And Jake Curhan, they were cautious with him on Tuesday. He had a back spasm, held him out, but he participated in the walkthrough yesterday. And with Abe Lucas gunning for that job at right tackle, of course, Jake Curhan is going to be ready to play.
1: Yeah, I certainly expect so. And, uh, you know, I think that that is going to be, as we've talked about so many times, that is going to be one of the most, um, you know, The difficult and and interesting competitions that we are going to see the the entire time. But but Corbin, uh, you just didn't have the enthusiasm I was expecting. There was one thing that you said there a couple of different times that just put a smile on my face, and that was Seahawks football tonight and that's the biggest thing here is that uh you know it's been a, a crazy off season of course seahawk fans know that but again seahawk football at home Lumen Field tonight against one of the, the you know the the all-time iconic teams in all of the nfl and the chicago bears who have their own young quarterback and justin fields there are so many jobs on the line I, i'm really excited about this uh i wish i was in right now and that again it's kind of the topic that we're discussing here and you should focus in on as you mentioned Jake curran coming back with, with the back spasms and we talked about him previously i was just really impressed by how well he played not only at right tackle but at right guard as well in the preseason opener against uh, uh against pittsburgh and then uh with sydney jones that that's critical i mean we all know that he's going to be a starter for this club um i think that the, the talk that you're gonna have the two rookies on the outside i always thought that you know Kobe Bryant and just his instincts. I think that he makes some sense inside. Uh, but I, but Sidney Jones is, I think, the sure thing. Seattle's cornerbacks, but you can't really be characterized as a sure thing given that he's only had one year in in Seattle. Obviously he has struggled a little bit with durability um, and and you just want to make sure that he feels very comfortable in what is a new system, uh, of course in Seattle. Um, And and then Rashad Penny, I I think is interesting. uh, Pete Carroll kind of talked about that, that he thought that there was a chance that Rashad Penny might be able to play. And of course with Ken Walker III out with that procedure, um, then there's a possibility. We might see a lot of Rashad Penny, but uh, I just, I don't know. I think that you have to kind of uh, keep Rashad Penny in a little bit of bubble wrap. I wouldn't be surprised to see him for a couple of plays uh, in in tonight's game, but I think that you're going to see very similar to what we saw in the, in the preseason opener. Um, Again, an awful lot, DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, Darwin Thompson, et cetera, et cetera, Josh, Josh Johnson. Um, I I think that you're going to see some of those kind of guys. Um, And unfortunately, while there's a lot of positives about some of the players that are going to be able to return, there are definitely some negatives. I mentioned Ken Walker, D Eskridge, LJ Collier. I'm talking about kind of a who's who, as far as high draft picks for the seahawks that really need to be on the field as much as possible uh you know Artie burns uh, you'd like to see Artie burns back i think that he's got a chance to play I, you know that he wants to ball out against his former team the bears so again there, there's some players out there who are uh not likely to see the field tonight um but at the same time i think that they should if there's any chance they possibly can yeah,
0: Pete Carroll said Artie Burns won't be back tonight. They are very positive about him being able to make it back next week from a groin injury. But yeah, this is this is what you see this time of year in preseason. Most of the time, if a player is questionable, they're not going to be suiting up. Now, if it's somebody like Aaron Doncor who missed Tuesday's practice with a hamstring tweak, Aaron Doncor wants to get on the field because he is battling for one of those last roster spots that's a different position than, say, somebody like Ken Walker III or D. Eskridge, who likely has a spot in this football team. We wouldn't expect that they're going to be cut. But let's get to Ken Walker third here real quick, because I think that was the most notable injury update that Pete Carroll provided after yesterday's walkthrough. As you mentioned, in quotes, a procedure. We don't know what Ken Walker third had, although based on the people that I've talked to with inside information with the organization, He does have a hernia, it's just not a sports hernia, which is significant because sports hernias have a longer recovery time. And I'm not a doctor, so I don't know all the different types of hernias, but based on what I've been told, it sounds like there was a surgical procedure that was done to fix that hernia, but because it's not a sports hernia variety, He's got a legitimate opportunity to be back by week one. They think he's going to be back quickly. I would not expect to see Ken Walker the third in either of the final two preseason games. As for D. Eskridge, that hamstring injury, he's making progress, but he's just not quite there yet. So he's not going to be suiting up tonight. Maybe next week, with them having more than a week between games, he will be available for that Friday contest. It'll be like last year. He played in the final preseason game, coming off of a toe injury. Maybe that'll be how things play out. This August, And he'll get at least some snaps in that final preseason game. And LJ Collier, Pete Carroll said, is very close coming back from an elbow injury. He needs to get out there to get some snaps because, as we've mentioned, Miles Adams is very much in the rearview mirror there, if not right next to him on the highway going for that last spot at the defensive tackle group. So the former first-round pick, he needs to get healthy and he needs to perform. He needs to play well to ensure that he's going to be on this football team. So three big names, three guys that were high draft picks that won't be suiting up tonight. But maybe Rashad Penny will be out there. I'm with you, though. I'd be surprised if he gets more than a handful of snaps. In fact, I'm going to go edging towards he's probably not going to play. He might dress, but I think the Seahawks will give the carries to their other running backs and keep number 20, number 20 healthy for the season opener.
1: Yeah, I, again, I, I think that makes the most sense. Um, if you felt good that Ken Walker, if you felt one hundred percent confident that that Walker was going to be available for the season opener, um, then I, I think that maybe you do want to get Penny out there because obviously he needs his reps too. But when he has been on the field, Corbin, you can testify to this better than I can, having been there as many practices as you have. But Penny has looked fantastic. He looks yeah. in great shape. Pete Carroll talked about that. He's you know he's bouncing runs outside. Uh, you know for six. 60, 70-yard uh touchdown runs is from what I've been told. So uh, I, again, I, I don't worry so much about Rashad Payne. Just it's funny how how much it, Things can change in, in a year. Uh, but I don't worry about Penny as far as being motivated, ready to play, and, and certainly uh, you know, capable of performing at an extremely high level, as we saw in the snippet last year. And uh, again, with, with Walker being uh possibly out, you see how wants to make sure that they are full bore on offense, considering all the questions you have a quarterback. They want to make sure they're full bore against the Denver Broncos. And, you know, having been to Denver here this past week, uh, you know, linebacker is one of the positions of concern for them. And that's something the Seattle's got to be kind of chomping at the bit a little bit to be able to run the ball, uh, you know, against Denver. Um, And and so, again, I I think that Penny, you want to get him on the field, but at the same time, it's a risk-reward thing, and I just don't know that you get enough reward for the possibility of of any type of injury uh, curtailing uh, Rashad Penny's start to the season.
0: And I think that's how most NFL teams are going to handle their starting running back anyway, especially when it's a guy that's been in the league for four seasons you want to limit how many carries that player is going to have in the preseason most of the teams keep their starter in bubble wrap bubble wrap until week 1 and then they'll unleash them on their opponents. And running backs usually can hit the ground running, literally, and not have to worry about that. There's other position groups. I think offensive line. It's key to get out there and get some reps in exhibition games. But running backs, I think you can get the practice reps and be fine going into the start of the season as long as you are in top physical shape, which Rashad Penny certainly is. Two other players of note. I mentioned Aaron Doncor. Pete Carroll made it sound like there was a chance he would play tonight. Jordan Brooks is the other player that Carroll said maybe there was a chance. I would think the Seahawks are going to err on a side of caution, especially with the longer week to prep for their final preseason game. I think they will take that extra time and make sure that he's 100% healthy, get him some reps in that final game, going into the regular season. I mean, shot if he plays tonight, but Pete Carroll made it sound like the door was being kept open, maybe for Brooks to play. So those are two names that we can't put in either category. Maybe they'll play, maybe they won't. We'll find out tonight at Lumen Field. Up next... Speaking of that preseason game, Bears and Seahawks, it's time for Top Storyline. What we're going to be watching when the Seahawks and Bears duel in the second preseason game tonight. We'll get to that here in a moment. As you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire in all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. As a former site manager and current podcast host, I've made plenty of hires over the years, and LinkedIn has always been a go-to for me to find top candidates in sports media. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond. The world's largest professional network of 310 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast Thursday edition. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me for our pregame show, my co-host in crime, Rob Rank. Thanks as always for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen Five days a week we greatly appreciate it however you play get the latest nfl fantasy draft tips from locked on fantasy football and locked on dynasty plus starting august 22nd we're bringing you daily top 10 lists for fantasy draft week locked on fantasy football and locked on dynasty available on youtube and wherever you get your podcast the seahawks will return to the game field only a few days after facing the steelers in their preseason opener they will host the chicago bears on thursday night in their second preseason battle at Lumen Field, their only home preseason game that they're going to have this August. And, Rob, when you get to this time of year, it's obviously not the regular season. You're going to see a limited number of starters. You might not see any starters. Some teams are handling it that way. But I expect the Seahawks and Bears will play some starters on both sides And so there is a bit more intrigue in the second preseason game than the first. It used to be the third preseason game when there were four of them on the schedule. The third preseason game was the one that really felt like the dress rehearsal. I think the second preseason game now has taken that uh, label. And I think that we will see a handful of starters tonight. So what's the first storyline that really jumps out to you as we head into this game between the Seahawks and Bears?
1: I think it's a storyline that jumps out to everybody, Corbin. It's the quarterback situation. I mean, can Geno Smith take advantage of the situation now that he is the quote-unquote surprise starter with Drew Locke for those people who have been living under a rock? uh, Drew Locke is not going to be able to play due to testing positive for COVID-19 a couple of days ago. Um, And so Geno Smith is now is going to be the starter in this game. And can he seal the deal? Can he emphatically just take away any opportunity for, for Drew Locke to be able to come back and make an argument Should he be able to play in that third preseason game? And we talked about this uh, on yesterday's episode, Corb. I mean, there is a solid two week window after Seattle's final preseason game next week and then the regular season opener September 12th, hosting the Denver Broncos. And so, because of that two week window, I do think there's a chance that Drew Locke might be able to get himself back into this mix, but not if Geno Smith uh, delivers the way that I think that he can uh, against Chicago tonight. So, to me, that is absolutely the biggest. Storyline, and then oh by the way, Jacob Eason. We'll talk about a little bit later. I'm going to be focusing in on Jacob Eason a lot. There's going to be a lot of NFL teams and and, and teams from other leagues who are going to be paying attention to this strong throwing quarterback and what he can do. He has had an opportunity here again, given to him basically on a silver platter. As much as Geno Smith, Jacob Eason has to take full advantage of this opportunity.
0: Yeah, this is a chance for Geno Smith to throw that knockout punch because. Even if Drew Locke was going to start this game it didn't test positive for COVID, Pete Carroll still said that Geno Smith was out in front of this competition, and all signs have been pointing to that. They were finally giving Drew Locke a legitimate opportunity, and unfortunately he's not going to get to take advantage of that tonight. But that means Geno Smith is going to get a lot of reps in this football game. I anticipate he's going to play most of, if not the entire first half, might even play into the second half, and it really gives him a chance to run this offense – play with a lot of different receivers, and really win this job tonight. He can seal the deal. I think if Geno Smith plays well tonight, Pete Carroll might name him the starter this upcoming week heading into their final preseason game. I don't know that that happens, but I think it's possible if Geno plays well. Really, the only way that the door is kept open for Drew Locke is if he goes out and Geno Smith stumbles and has a really poor performance tonight that would put the ball right back into Drew Locke's court. So there's a little bit of pressure, but not a lot on Geno Smith here. Just go out, play your game. And I think if he does that, doesn't turn the football over, leads several scoring drives, then he's got a chance to solidify his standing as the starter in week one and get to go against the guy that he backed up the last couple of years in Russell Wilson in the season opener. For me on the offensive side of the football, that's a big storyline of quarterback, but I want to see what, Charles Cross and Abe Lucas have in store for an encore because those two guys had really impressive debuts against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Chicago Bears have some decent pass rushers off the edge. Now, I don't know that we are going to see Robert Quinn and some of those elite guys in this game. Those are established veterans that often don't play in preseason games, but maybe they'll play a series or two and that will be a litmus test, especially for Charles Cross. If you get to go up against Quinn, who had almost 20 sacks last year for the Bears. So I want to see how these two handle pass protection. Of course, I'm going to be watching the run game too, because especially in the case of Abraham Lucas, I thought on Saturday he was fantastic in the run game. He was mauling guys. I counted three pancakes. Get your syrup and butter ready. I'm hoping that we have plenty more of those coming tonight against a Bears defensive front that has lost some key veterans. No Akeem Hicks. They don't have Khalil Mack either but there's certainly still some talent on that line it depends how many of those guys play it is a better litmus test than what they had in Pittsburgh playing against third and fourth stringers so I want to see how those two respond tonight in this football game
1: No no question about it. I mean, I I think that uh, the way that Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas uh, play um, is going to have a a huge impact on the way that Geno Smith and and obviously Seattle's offense is able to perform. Um, And I think that you articulated it well that the Pittsburgh is another team, of course, with uh, Watt. They're they're another team that is known for being a dynamic pass rushing threat, but of course, Watt didn't play. And I'd be surprised if Quinn, given his age, plays in this game. So I don't know that we're going to hit quite as much of a test. And this is the the very first home game. So I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of nerves, especially for the Washington native Lucas. Um, but at the same time, you shouldn't have the noise issues that they may have had a little bit in, in Pittsburgh. So I, I expect the rookies to continue to perform as they have in every single training camp practice. And, and frankly, in every single uh, college game that I ever watch with these two guys, Charles Cross is going to excel in pass protection because he is just an absolutely graceful athlete at, you know, six five or six six. You know, 310 pounds. I mean, he's just remarkably light on his feet. And Abraham Lucas, I mean, people sound surprised that he is a a dominant run blocker, but that's what he was at Washington State as well. Everybody talks about his pass protection, but he had those the pancakes and the syrup and all that kind of stuff that you talked about. I mean, his nickname might have been IHOP because that's how often I haven't had breakfast
0: yet, Rob. This has (laughs) been a really difficult show to get through. I want pancakes now, badly.
1: (laughs) Well, and that's a thing is i think that abraham lucas is going to deliver some of those and i think that you can get caught up in the you know the, the one-on-one kind of uh, clips that you see on social media and things like that i want to see him continue to play with that type of ferocity but i feel very confident in this particular game going against the competition he's gonna be facing that abraham lucas is going to have a second consecutive imp- impressive showing the, to me the, the biggest question uh Along with those is the pass rush. And again, talk about an opportunity to kind of feast. The the Chicago Bears, and this is a club that has struggled with pass protection for a long time now, Corbin, as you probably well know. But they get up, I believe, five sacks, excuse me, six sacks. Uh, we could go against Kansas City, and Kansas City did play some of their better players. Um, but still, get six sacks, eight tackles for loss, 10 quarterback hits. Uh, you know, and certainly Justin Fields, the starter, was a part of that, and he's while incredibly athletic, he does sometimes run around and get himself into trouble, but then you also had some other quarterbacks like Trevor Simeon is the one who threw the two touchdowns for Chicago last week, and this is a smart, savvy passer. He doesn't get sacked very much, so Chicago's offensive line is a relative weakness. Seattle's pass rush has an opportunity to feast, uh, you know, especially if the crowd gets going a little bit in this game, so I am fascinated to see who among Seattle's pass rush is able to get home. Is it going to be miles Adams again? Is it going to be somebody on the outside? I talked to before about Uchena Nuoso and how I think that his bull rush um, against the rookie left tackle Braxton Jones for Chicago could be something to watch in this game as well. and we talked to as well about mafe and Daryl Taylor and Alton Robinson and just the athletic ability that they have. This could be one of those games where Seattle's pass rush looks absolutely fearsome.
0: And they already had a pretty good game the other day against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think that the Steelers' offensive line at full strength is better than Chicago's. But I'm interested to see. Tevin Jenkins, there's been a lot of drama there with the former Oklahoma State standout. That has so far not been a good pick, which surprised me. I thought that he was going to be a solid addition for them, but it just hasn't worked out to this point. has a ton of talent, and Braxton Jones for a fifth-round pick is really athletic, but there are questions about – How is he going to handle NFL power? And so, like you said, Utena Nwosu, Elton Robinson, maybe Boye mafe guys that can win with power, that could be a major advantage for them in this football game. And if Riley Reif ends up playing their veteran that they signed in free agency, that looks like he's probably going to start. He hasn't necessarily had great seasons the last couple of years. And so it just is not a very good tackle group any way you shake it for the Chicago Bears. It's a great opportunity for these edge rushers, for the Seahawks, to pin their ears back, win with power and speed, and get after Justin Fields and Trevor Simeon, whoever else plays quarterback tonight for the Bears. It's a great opportunity for those edge rushers to build off what they did Saturday and and really wreak havoc. You want to see this pass rush come to life in the preseason and take some of that momentum into the regular season. I've got a really simple question for my next one here. Who wants to play linebacker? Because if Jordan Brooks doesn't suit up, which I don't think that he will, I think the Seahawks are going to be smart in that regard. They don't need him playing in a game in mid-August that doesn't count if he's not 100%. Get him ready for the finale. He can maybe play a few snaps then. But he needs to be healthy for week one. So you're going to have Cody Barton, and then you got the rest of the linebackers. Who else is going to rise to the occasion? It's going to be LaKeem Williams. Is it going to be Tanner Muse? Is it going to be old man Nick Ballor and rebounding from a tough first preseason game? Is it going to be an undrafted rookie like Vi Jones? The Seahawks have a lot of questions there in terms of depth without John Radigan available, without Ben Burkirvan available after losing Bobby Wagner. There are a lot of question marks there. So I want to see who's going to step up and who's going to rise to the occasion. Joel EA Booneyway is the other name to keep an eye on too that I didn't include there, but There are a number of players there that have a great opportunity. They're going to play a lot of snaps tonight. Uh, There's also DeBlanco, the free agent they signed out of Cincinnati, rookie uh, that played with Kobe Bryant. It might be another name to keep an eye on. But you have all these names. Somebody's got to rise to the occasion. Who's going to capture a roster spot behind Cody Barton and Jordan Brooks? I'm eager to see who rises to the occasion tonight playing against a Bears team that you should be able to make plenty of tackles against.
1: Yeah, I certainly expect that to be the case. I definitely am going to be focusing on on the linebackers as well. Um, But I I think the rookie corners uh, are are going to basically kind of steal my attention at times. Um, You know, I'm going to have to try and stay disciplined to be able to watch everything else because just the matchup, similar to Pickens against Tariq Woolen, uh, you know, in the opener against uh, Pittsburgh, the rookies rookies going up against each other. That's always interesting for for a guy like me, and Chicago has a, a supreme talented, bit raw as a route runner, rookie in Bayless Jones, former USC Trojan, transferred transfer to Tennessee. Corbin, he ran a 4-3-1, uh, you know, and, and so if you're looking for guys who have size, he's a 6'2 guy, uh, have size and speed that to, you know, kind of challenge Tariq Woolen without it being an established superstar. And obviously, he's practicing against DK Mek- Metcalf every single day and has performed very well, but at the same time, I really think that's going to be something to watch. Um, you know, we see guys like Mooney for example very different more like a Tyler Lockett type and so I think that Chicago has some receivers who are going to be really interesting uh, to see how Seattle's rookie corners match up and then obviously we have to see if Tariq Woolen's tackle, tackling has improved, um, and that is something that I expect Chicago and every other opponent to test. And so I'm eager to see. Um, you know, Pete Carroll talked about how many how many nerves that Tariq Woolen, especially, was was feeling in that game. Well, I'm sure he's going to be feeling a lot of nerves in his first home game of his, uh, you know, hopefully brilliant NFL career. Um, and, and so I'm just eager to see how they perform in that regard.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see that, too, because it's one thing to play in an NFL game, but there's just a different aura when you're playing in front of the 12s for the first time, and and that can lead to some struggles early. We'll see if that's an issue with them having a game under their belt now. Woolen did get much more comfortable as his debut unfolded, and he played much better after a rough start. But, of course, teams are going to be testing him with quick passes, trying to see how he handles tackling and really the Seahawks' defense in general. Everybody's got to step up in that regard. That might be your extra storyline. Can we tackle? Can we avoid having 20 missed tackles like we did in Pittsburgh? And so all eyes are going to be on that aspect, too. Are are they just better? Do they clean up in this second preseason game in a tackling aspect? Which players should be keeping an eye on? We're going to be diving into that next. We're going from team centric storylines to player storylines, players in offense, defense, and special teams to keep a close eye on tonight in Seattle's second preseason game. We're going to get to that here in a moment. You're hanging out with some friends and pulling back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Now you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, Thursday edition. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me for today's show, my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. Thanks, as always, to the 12s for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Now make sure to make the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast your second listen. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. So we just broke down team storylines heading into tonight's second preseason game, Seahawks hosting the Bears at Lumen Field. It's time to get a little bit more specific here with individual players to watch. And so, Rob, you and I are going to be dishing out one offensive player, one defensive player, one special teams player to keep a close eye on in today's exhibition contest we're going to start on offense. And I think you've mentioned this name already a few times on today's show. But, you know, everybody's going to be looking at Geno Smith, but there's another quarterback who has a chance to be a beneficiary of Drew Locke not being able to participate tonight.
1: Yeah, that's Jacob Eason. Uh, and, and that is absolutely going to be a player that I'm going to be focusing on for a number of different reasons. Um, the biggest thing is this is. Uh, quite literally his best opportunity that Jacob Easton perhaps has ever had in the NFL. And obviously he was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts a couple of years ago, but at the same time, at, at that point, that was a club that that had you know, a, a quality veteran at the quarterback position. It wasn't likely to be a, a spot where Jacob Easton was going to be challenging for starting minutes anytime soon. And I would argue that he's not Chart starting or, or challenging for that now. Clearly, Geno Smith and Drew Locke are contending for the number one spot. And then there's Chickapies and Oh, by the way. And so it, it can't be any more Oh, by the way stuff for Chickapies. And he has to seize this opportunity. He has to show off the arm strength that everybody who has followed him since his high school days and certainly at UW, at Georgia, everywhere else in between has been impressed with his arm. But does he have the work ethic? Does he have the football smarts? You know, Does he have the mobility in today's game, um, especially considering that he is likely to be playing again, you know, the second and third string offensive line? He's got to be impressive. And so I'm rooting for him. Uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by the talent. There's no question about talent. Um, but at the same time, now is his opportunity. And I think that there is as much pressure on Jacob Beeson in this game as there probably is on any player on Seattle or Chicago's roster.
0: Yeah, and he's going to be playing in front of other teams, too. That's really the key here, because Drew Locke and Geno Smith are ahead of him by a large margin on the depth chart. And Seattle typically hasn't kept three quarterbacks. Now, he could be a practice squad QB again for the Seahawks, but there are other teams out there that may be looking for upgrades to their secondary quarterbacks. So it's an opportunity for Eason to put his best foot forward. We'll see what he does with it. To this point, he hasn't taken advantage with the few opportunities that he has had in the NFL. The talus there, but he's got to be able to put it together on the field. I'm going to go out to the receiver position for my pick-to-click here to watch in tonight's game. And it's a player that we haven't really talked about at all, really, this entire month. Because with the additions of Tariq Young and Bo Melton bringing in Marquise Goodwin, D. Eskridge supposed to be coming back. He's had the hamstring injury, obviously. But all of the talent the Seahawks have at receiver Cade Johnson has been an afterthought, and this is a guy that you and I talked up a lot last year when he was signed as an undrafted rookie out of South Dakota State, had prolific numbers for the Jackrabbits, and not the best athlete, not going to run a 4 3 not the quickest athlete, not a big guy, but a really crafty route runner, outstanding football IQ, soft hands, can play on special teams. And last year, training camp just didn't go for him as I thought it was going to. I thought he had a chance to push for a roster spot last season, and he played in the practice squad for most of the season. He was briefly cut, then re-signed, didn't dress for any games. And with all the additions, I I think that you and I would be in this group as well. We just didn't consider that Kate Johnson was really a legitimate contender this time around for a roster spot, and maybe he still isn't. But what Pete Carroll said yesterday was something that, stood out to me, that this is a player that is making a move, he's making noise, and you do see what's happened the last week. He had a 20-plus yard reception in the preseason game against the Steelers. He also had a touchdown catch from Geno Smith playing with the first team in red zone period on Tuesday. And so he is making plays with the limited opportunities that he has. And we know, Rob, that Kate Johnson is a really good football player. And, And I just thought the other thing Carol said that really jumped out he said this is not a guy that has great speed or great size, but he's somebody that you you know. sometimes it takes some time to truly appreciate the type of player that he is and the football skills that he has. It looks like the Seahawks are starting to take notice to that. So if Kate Johnson can go out and have a really good second preseason game, you know, maybe we can lump him in there with Derek Young and Bo Melton as a young receiver that has a chance to crash the party and make this roster. He also can play special teams. So if he makes an impact in that regard, he only helps his stock. So a name we haven't talked about that maybe is putting himself back on the radar a little bit.
1: Yeah. I think that he has put himself back on the radar. You know, again, for me, he's always been on the radar. I think he's a really good football player. I think you can make an argument that he, with the exception of Tyler Lockett, obviously a pro bowler, uh, you know, that, I, I think that, 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 um, K. Johnson might just be your best slot receiver on the roster, just in terms of his quickness, in terms of the reliability of his hands, all those things. Uh, you know, so I do think that he has a heck of an opportunity here. And if it doesn't happen in Seattle, uh, then I think other NFL clubs would be interested, certainly as a practice squad candidate. But uh, you know, he's going to be competing against a lot of guys. Um, you know, Aaron Fuller is a similar type, a body type. Bo Melton is a similar body type who was drafted, who does have that four-three speed. And we saw flashes of that as well. But if you want consistency Consistency, Then I think that's where Kay Johnson really excels. Really good football player. And, you know, we're switching from a guy that we have not talked about much in Kay Johnson. I'll, I'll briefly talk about the guy that I said earlier. I'm going to have really be difficult for me to take my eyes. Off of number thirty-nine, Tariq Woolen. I mean, just again, the the size, speed, just freakish athletic ability factor that has people now calling him Avatar, which is a fun little nickname for him, uh, you know. But I think Tariq the Freak is, you know, the one that that uh, that he had, you know, in, in college. I think is, you know, a little bit more descriptive for those of us, uh, you know, maybe that had, were not born pre two um, thousand, and so uh, or were born pre two thousand, I guess I should say. Uh, but Woolen just. I want to see if his tackling improves. I want to see him against the variety of different. Uh, receivers and passers that Chicago is going to throw him. As I talked about before, Justin Fields is a very different type of thrower than the primary backup Trevor Simeon. And so I want to see how that goes down, uh, you know, because I, Justin Fields is a player that early in his career, I compared him to a young Russell Wilson. And so, again, this is, might just be the best opportunity that Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant, and the rest of Seattle's defense is going to have to prepare for number three for real.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on Tariq Woolen. And how can you not because of his freakish size and his athleticism? Like it's like DK Metcalf on offense. You just can't stop watching. But since you picked him, I got to go a different avenue. And I (laughs) mentioned earlier, who's going to step up to the occasion at linebacker? And keeping that in mind, my eyes are going to be on Vi Jones, the undrafted rookie out of North Carolina State, and I talked about him on an episode earlier this week. I thought he was one of the most impressive players on either side of the ball for Seattle in the preseason opener Had six tackles, a really impressive sack where he bowled over a running back in pass protection and then was able to get back into the backfield and get the sack. That was the only blitz he had the entire game, pretty efficient with his opportunities that he had. But this is a guy that had six sacks at NC State last year, And I think what's most intriguing about him is this is a guy that is still growing into his body. He's only 225 pounds, long, lean. He's got those lengthy arms like K.J. Wright, and I think he uses them really well. You could see that in that preseason opener that a guy can be undersized at linebacker and get away with it if they know how to use their long arms and be able to create distance from blockers, and Vi Jones can do that. You couple his athleticism, this is a guy that has four four capability, low four five speed, really good explosiveness in the jumping uh, drills at his pro day. Wasn't a combine invite, but this guy's got the traits. He's got the intriguing body type. you would like to see a little more mass put on his body. The Seahawks are going to have a chance to do that over time, but you look at some of the guys he's competing against, Lakeem Williams, undrafted signee a couple years ago, Tanner Muse was a mid-round draft pick, but he was a safety in college, hasn't necessarily adapted to linebacker as the Raiders or the Seahawks have hoped to this point. There is a prime opportunity for him to stand out as maybe your third or fourth best linebacker in the middle, and you can make this football team. He's already known as a good special teams player, so I'm going get, to get, be watching him very closely to see how he handles extensive reps. I could see him playing half of this football game or maybe even more than that. And that's going to create a great chance for him to impress or potentially botch his opportunity to make this roster. And so all eyes are going to be on 51 or all eyes are going to be on number 50. I look at him with the long arms and I see a thinner KJ, right? Obviously that is very high praise. I'm not saying he's KJ, Wright as a player, but he looks the part with the number, the long arms. So I just can't wait to see what he's going to do for a second game, because I thought he played extremely well on Saturday night and Gave some juice to the middle of the defense that really had struggled most of the game in terms of tackling and and just making plays in general.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Vi Jones is absolutely a player I'm going to be keeping an eye on. You know, he's, he has flashed and caught our attention every single step of the way. So I would be surprised if he does anything, but uh, improve his chances of making this roster at the, or at the bare minimum, the practice squad. And, and it, you, you mentioned a linebacker. I'll mention another linebacker that I'm intrigued by. And that's Joel DeBlanco. Uh, you know, Aberdeen zone uh, wound up going to Cincinnati after a year. IMG Academy in Florida, uh, um, he was all-conference player for Cincinnati Bearcats. As you mentioned, you know, obviously a teammate of Kobe Bryant. Um, DeBlanco was undrafted. Um, wound up going to New Orleans on uh, as on the rookie mini camp. And I, you know, texted some buddies. Uh, you know, worked there, and uh, they basically just said that it was a numbers game. That they appreciated the talent, and this, and we saw it in the preseason game. I mean, DeBlanco, Nick, and I were uh, Nick Lee and I were at Corbin and Natalia's wedding, and uh, you know, after. The ceremony concluded, and uh, you know we were watching some of the the preseason game and trying of to keep that that from <laughs> Corbin. Yeah, he, he had more important things, uh you know, that particular evening. Um, but we kept seeing this number forty eight flash. Who, who's this kid? Who's this kid? And and so he is somebody that I want to watch on defense, but also on special teams. And that's the thing that Pete Carroll kind of talked about. Uh, you know, is that there is an opportunity here? Obviously, with Ben Burke curvin out for the year, with John Radigan still coming off of, of his own surgery, then there is an opportunity for someone to be able to step up. And be that kind of middle linebacker on your special teams unit, as well as middle linebacker on defense. And that to me is something that DeBlanco made some solid plays on special teams. Frankly, he was more productive on defense. I think he, he led the Seahawks in tackles. And we we, we talked so much about the Boye Mafe sack, that that nine-yard sack on fourth and one against Kenny Pickett. DeBlanco was right on Mafe's heels. I think that he also would have beat Pickett to the sticks and been able to make that a tackle for loss and give Seattle the football right back. So. So again, there were some flashy plays on defense and I'm curious to see if he is able to make this team, uh, you know, because of what he is able to offer as a backup middle linebacker and then also on special teams the same way that we've seen so many linebackers like Radigan, like Nick Belor, like BBK be able to make this roster in past years.
0: Yeah, there's going to be eyes on all those young linebackers because it really is a prime opportunity with the lack of established depth that they have at that position. You're going with the great unknown for special teams. I'm going with a player that has been on the Seahawks roster the last couple of years, has flashed out of the backfield in limited opportunities, has flashed as a kick returner. But DJ Dallas, it's just been a different player in training camp and in the preseason. We saw it with him catching a touchdown, running for over 70 yards on Saturday night against Pittsburgh. And on the practice field, just You know, you know, it's hard in these practices, especially when there's been so few that have been padded to really gauge the physicality. But the few padded practices Seattle has had, I don't know that there has been a guy pound for pound that has pushed the boundary in terms of what they're allowed to do in training camp practices more than what DJ Dallas has with his hard nose running, his physicality just looks like he's a step quicker, not not a four, three guy, obviously, but he looks faster. He looks like there's more suddenness, more comfort. And he's just playing with reckless abandon. It carried over to that preseason game. With Ken Walker III now being out most likely for the rest of the preseason, Dallas has a chance to lock up that kick return duty and, and be the primary returner. And I thought he was effective in that regard last year. He had a couple big ones that he returned near midfield i don't know that he's a guy that's ever going to bust one for a touchdown i don't know that he has that type of electric returnability but he was always sneaky good returning kicks and punts at miami he's been that way at seattle's practices and he just is a different profile back there a guy that if, if you're on kick coverage duty you don't necessarily like the idea of having to tackle a 215 pound running back instead of a speedy receiver this is a guy that is going to smack you when he is running through alleys and that physicality brings a different edge to your special teams. And obviously he does a lot of other things as special teams as well. I just think DJ Dallas is a really good football player, not a starting running back for this team, but a guy that can give you good snaps on offense. And obviously he's going to be a contributor on special teams. This is another chance for him to stand out in that regard. I'd like to see him have a nice return or two in this preseason game. And, and if he's able to do that, I think he can lock up that job given the fact that D. Eskridge hasn't been healthy to compete against him. And Ken Walker III is now banged up. It's his job for the taking, much like Geno Smith at quarterback. So I'm going to be watching 31 in offense too, but – he is a player I've really enjoyed watching throughout training camp and can't wait to see what he does in the second preseason game, regardless of where he's playing on the field. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at NFL. You can follow Rob at Rod Rang. Check out Locked on Seahawks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and five days a week on YouTube. We're going to be back tonight. Nick Lee will be joining me after the game. We will have a post-game show No time set in stone just yet. you have to see how long the press conferences take after the game as I will be on site covering the Seahawks-Bears contest. But we will have a post-game show coming your way, looking at some of the top performers, some key takeaways, and much more. You won't want to miss it. We'll be rolling live tonight on YouTube, and then the episode will be available on our other platforms afterward. See you then. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the game. Go Hawks.